Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the stage, Nick Dixon. How's everyone doing? You alright? Yes. Thanks so much for coming to the third ever Weekly Skeptic Live. Woo! I'm doing my own woo, so I know you're not those kind of people, really. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, Nick, stop whooping. Get on with talking about the decline of Britain. Um, but, but anyway, so who is coming to one of these for the first time? Oh, you're very much a hands-up crowd. We need noise because we're, we're filming this and everything. It's, it's not a lively, guys. And who is, uh, so, so who's never been to one of these before? Okay, all right, okay, some people. All right, basically, all it is very simple. It's just a, it's a topical podcast where we talk about the week's news from a light-hearted, far-right angle. That's all it is. Um, I do some version of that joke every time, and it always gets a laugh, because um, it's true. So, uh, no, that's the same joke again. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Toby's centre, right? Um, and that's the same joke three times, basically. But... Um, so we booked this thing a while ago. You never know how the news is going to go. It's just like, you know, it's just luck, really. We've had a quite a lucky week, actually. There's been some quite interesting stories. I keep hearing this phrase, uh, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. <laughs> I, I first heard that. I was like, oh, no, Toby's in the news again. But it was actually Joe Biden. So we'll get into that one. And um, then, of course, Tucker Carlson went all the way over to Russia just to be just to have essentially a boring history lecture from a, an old bald man. I was like, you could have just called my dad, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I get every week. So we'll talk about that story, and then we'll do, we'll do some domestic stuff, because of course, uh, Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer had this thing in the House of Commons where it ended with Starmer accusing Rishi of a lack of integrity. Really? The integrity angle, if you're Starmer, is that where you go? It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, Ted Bundy accusing someone of having issues with women, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not the thing I would go with if I was Starmer. Anyway. So we'll get into all of that. It's all very simple, but then we'll do some other stories and peak woke, of course. Peak woke, guys, there you go. I sort of groan for peak woke. <laughs> that's, uh, that's as enthusiastic as, as our crowd gets. But um, we'll do that and then we'll do a Q&A at the end. I think we're going to pass around the mic this time. If you want to ask me or Toby anything, probably, I don't know, I don't know anything, but you can ask Toby, he's very important. And then we, we're going to have drinks for those of you paid, obviously, because we're grifters. Uh, this is what I'm told online, because we charge money for services, so that makes us grifters, apparently. So, um, Toby, I, was, I won't be drinking tonight, Toby will, obviously, but um, I'm, uh, I'm on antibiotics, so I'll just have, just coke, just nothing crazy, couple of lines, that'll be fine. And um, I think that is pretty much the night, so I don't want to waste too much time, so I think let's just get on with it and welcome the man that probably 30% of you have come to see. It is of course, it is of course Mr. Toby Young. Alright, so Toby, this is a bit where I always think we should have planned some banter. But I've got absolutely nothing. Is there anything you want to say as a, by way of introduction? Not really. No, I've planned no banter either. But <laughs> we should say thank you to all of the people that have um, taken time out of their otherwise busy Monday night schedules to come and see us tonight. So that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. And thanks to all the subscribers of basedmedia.org as well. It's our new platform. You can get all the extra content and all that. But anyway, I don't want to spend waste too much time plugging things. You've come to a live show, so we should probably crack on. Did everyone watch the uh, Tucker Carlson interview with Putin? Yeah? Oh, good. You, you do more work than Toby. Um, uh, I've watched the whole blooming thing. And I've watched like, people's like, three-hour reactions to the three-hour video. It's absolutely insane. So I know so much about it. But it was actually essentially quite boring. Did anyone think it was good? Yeah. Did you? What was good about it? He was lucid. Who was? Putin. Yeah, yeah. Better than Biden. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like, he was lucid. That's like the bar now. He, he could talk and form thoughts. It was incredible. He was like an adult human. Um, huh? Oh, yeah, not dying of cancer. Yeah, because everyone said he was, he was much more ill than he seemed. He was, seemed totally fine, yeah. Rumours of his uh, demise have been exaggerated, yeah. I know, it's, so, that, that, so that's a couple of angles. It wasn't quite as soft as some predict. Like, everyone's like, Tucker's just going to do softball questions. Like, what's your favourite colour? You know, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like, so when are you going to take over the United States? It wasn't like, it was sort of, because people are worried, oh, Tucker likes this guy too much. But I think Tucker was pretty tough. He had a go at him about the uh, journalist, is it Evan Gersovich? He's, um... He's the Wall Street Journal journalist that's kind of in prison in Russia for a year. And Putin's like, yeah, he's in prison. You know, it's like, it's quite hard to get out of that one. Yeah, you know, people are in prison sometimes. You know, like, what do you say to that? Some people are, some people are. But um, I don't want to do too much on it, Toby. What, let's get your take first before I well, go on. 
Yeah, I, I, I was, um, as you say, I didn't, I didn't watch the entire thing um, uh, from start to finish. It did seem almost um, uh, mind-destroyingly boring. Um, I mean, it was, uh, you, you, you kind of felt for Tucker. Here he was kind of having got this interview. I think it was the first interview Putin had given to an American journalist since 2021. He hasn't given an interview to a Western journalist, I think, since, the, uh, since invading Ukraine or rather denazifying it, which is how you put it. <laughs> um, uh, so it was a, a tremendous opportunity. And Tucker actually said, you know, he, was, he presented it as um, uh, no other Western journalist had bothered to approach Putin to ask him for an interview. Uh, and he couldn't, couldn't understand why. Um, but in fact, um, uh, as, as the BBC Russia editor, uh, Steve Rosenberg pointed out, the BBC has actually approached Putin four times um, for an interview since the invasion of Ukraine been declined every time. But he obviously thought that um, he wasn't going to be challenged that uh, much by um, Tucker. And maybe Tucker was, he, you know, he came, he, he, he prepared some questions and they weren't all soft questions, but Tucker didn't seem prepared for the history lesson. He hadn't mugged up on Russian history, Ukrainian history. <laughs> um, so he was kind of slightly wrong-footed by that. And you could see him looking slightly bewildered and thinking, my God, am I going to have to spend... I've, I've, I've moved heaven and earth to get this scoop. Uh, first Western journalist to interview this guy in ages. First American journalist since 2021. And he's just going to give me this unbelievably dull history lesson for the next two hours. You could see him kind of thinking, was it all worth it? But I've, I've come up with a few... There was a, there was a bit, wasn't there, when uh, Tucker was like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit lost. Wh which period of history is this? And Putin just looked and went, the 13th century. Like, what is... <laughs> <laughs> Bro, get with it. We're talking about, we're talking about the Varangian settlers or something. You know, it, it was a bit, it's like, at one point, it's like, so why did you invade Ukraine? It's like, Prince Yuroslav the Wise, like, fuck, seventeenth century, like, anyway. So yeah, Tucker got a bit more than he bargained for. There. A bit more than he bargained for, and um, and it, it did mean that Putin got away with um, making some slightly misleading claims, both right. about recent and ancient history, which Tucker didn't challenge him. I'd have made I'm a guessing list you're about to go through them now I've, in I've, autistic I've, detail. I've got a few, <laughs> few examples. Um, so Putin claimed, would have met uh, his match with Toby in terms he, of he, detail. He, he, Putin claimed that. James Baker assured Gorbachev uh, that NATO wouldn't expand one inch beyond East Germany uh, in 1990, but actually in the text of that 1990 agreement, there is no promise on NATO's part not to expand beyond it East Germany. It says two inches. Uh, <laughs> Putin claimed that Boris dissuaded Zelensky oh, yeah. from signing a peace deal that would have ended the conflict in a couple of months, um, but uh, Boris understandably denied that and claimed that he didn't have that kind of influence over Zelensky. That was a matter for the sovereign government of Ukraine, which seems like a pretty solid rebuttal. That must um, have been tough for Boris. Like, his defence is, I wasn't that important. Yeah, like, no, that's, that's not the true. kind of thing he likes yeah, that, to say. No, that, he doesn't like to fall back on that one. Um, uh, he, 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 Putin presented the colonisation of Siberia, the Caucasus, Central Asia, as he used this phrase, what was translated as voluntary unification overlooking the uh, many occasions on which the Russian army massacred people in those regions for refusing to assimilate. The Speaker of the Polish Parliament, he was quite critical. He said, his historical and literary reflections about Poland can be falsified by a person who has finished the fourth grade of primary school and is at least a little interested in the history of the region. He's, he's, uh, you suddenly went from Hitler then to a... <laughs> you went generic, generic, generic Russian Hitler back to generic Russian, but it was a Poll. Okay. And the, the most you don't get, this is what you get on the live show, Toby's accents. This is amazing. <laughs> Not as good as Nick's. Um, but um, the most egregious um, falsehood um, uh, about Poland was that he claimed that the Poles were collaborationists. They'd collaborated with the Nazis and essentially invited the Nazis to just kind of annex Polish territory in 1939. Um, uh, completely bizarre, obviously false and easily proven false claim. We all know who the collaborationists were with the Nazis in 1939. It wasn't the Poles, it was the Soviets who signed the uh, Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact and essentially divvied up uh, Poland between them and two weeks after the Nazis invaded Poland um, the Russians invaded Poland so that was you can understand why the speaker of the Polish parliament was upset uh, yeah. by that particular I feel a bit like Tucker now trying to follow this I'm like uh, <laughs> you're Putin I'm going when's he going to talk about trans people this is boring <laughs> that's, that's what Tucker wanted Tucker went there for some red meat for his audience what do you think about women's sports what do you think about gays but he didn't do that it was all like boring Russian history you know 
That was one. Have you done your? Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Have you finished yeah, your? One more. Um, okay, one more. One, one more, more. Which, which I was disappointed Tucker didn't challenge him on because you would have thought even Tucker would have known this was just errant nonsense. Um, Putin said that Russia had never threatened Ukraine or the West with nuclear weapons, and um, you know, in, in in 2022, Putin said. Our country has weapons of mass destruction, some even more modern than NATO's. And if there is a threat to the territorial integrity of our country and to the protection of our citizens, we will use all means at our disposal. And it's not a bluff. So um, that seems like a pretty threatening thing to say. He's clearly, and he, numerous times, Medvedev, the vice president of the Russian Security Council, has threatened the West as recently as mid-January with kind of uh, a, a nuclear strike if they think that Russia's territorial integrity is under threat or if we use long-range missiles and so on and so forth. So that was just obviously um, a complete lie, which um, I hoped Putin might have challenged him on, but didn't. So what you're saying is Putin is not a totally straight shooter. He's not a straight shooter, and I, and I think that you're right that um, Tucker wasn't complete. He wasn't a pushover. I mean, Hillary Clinton, I think, described him as a useful idiot. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, but I think he could have he could have anticipated that Putin would have, you know, bombarded him with this kind of completely garbled version of recent and ancient history in order to justify uh, the invasion of Ukraine. Um, and mugged up a bit on that. So he was ready to challenge some of the falsehoods instead of just letting them wash over him. Yeah, he put that little um, uh, sort of uh, prologue about it. He said, well, look, I thought this was filibustering at first, but now I think it was sincere. I'm not sure it was sincere. I mean, there's, there's two sort of schools of thought. I mean, yes, there's the thing that he was far more looser than our leaders. I and mean, that's almost become a cliche now because so many people have said it. It was very stark on the same week when Biden was deemed sort of legally incompetent in that uh, special counselling we'll get into, he was too old to remember stuff. And we've got Putin without notes, just recited thousands of years of history. So that was a stark difference, obviously. But the question is, did, did Carlson actually get schooled, right, and get embarrassed? Or, or, or did he just, was it kind of like, was Putin just doing what verbal Clint does, verbal Kint in The Usual Suspects? Remember The Usual Suspects? When, uh, does anyone get this reference? Am I, what, am I too old, too young? <laughs> Kaiser Soze. So what he, in The Usual Suspects, Spacey just lists all these things. It turns out he's just reading them off the wall. Spoiler alert. It did come out in 96 or something. But anyway, <laughs> and he basically just making this whole story, but he's just riffing on it. What I started to think later was Putin, was it really this great victory? Or did he just, just wear him down with just basically nonsense, just wearing him out? You know, that, that serves two functions, if you think about The Usual Suspects analogy, which I'm going with. One is it sort of um, it distracts and befuddles. And the other is it's just a sort of F you, really. It's just sort of saying, I'm having some fun at your expense by going into this ridiculous detail that you can't disprove. In other words, what I'm saying is, was it like, oh, that's impressive, Putin knows his stuff, or was it just simply, he's just steamrolling uh, Carlson just because he can, just for a laugh? I think, um, I, think, I, think it, I think it was playing, I think Putin was, was kind of targeting two audiences. Um, he was targeting the American electorate in a presidential election year, hoping that if Trump wins, he's going to reduce um, America's support for Zelensky. Um, so that, that, I think, was one constituency he was targeting with all the stuff about denazification. There really was no such country called Ukraine before Lenin invented it, all kinds of nonsense. Um, and, but also, I think, a lot of the, a lot of the history about Mother Russia, Catherine the Great, Peter the Great, that was clearly aimed, I think, at the domestic electorate because there is a presidential election coming up in Russia. I mean, Putin's going to win because he's jailed half the opposition candidates. But uh, nevertheless, I think he wants to win by a landslide. And he was, he was, he was pandering to his kind of patriotic uh, Russian uh, uh, electorate there, I think. That's what I ended up thinking, because there was all these rumors, oh, he's going to use it to sort of say stuff that Tucker Carlson's audience likes and appeal to America. In the end, I think he was just appealing to Russia. I don't think he cared. He was just dismissing the whole West. He's like, I'm big mates with Xi. You had the chance to be friends with Russia. You all blew it. And now I don't care about the West. You're kind of irrelevant. It's a, it's a new world order. Is that the vibe you got? But, but why do the interview then? Um, That's I mean, it. I think, I think you know, um, not just because it would kind of amplify what he has to say to Russians, and they're more likely to listen if he says it to an important Western journalist. I think he was also, you know, he, he, he wants to kind of undermine support for Ukraine in the West. He can see that it's beginning to falter a little bit. It's not as popular as it was. Um, if Trump replaces Biden, you know, America could easily uh, withdraw some of its support. I mean, Biden, what did, Trump said this, this, this week, he was um, cited as saying, 
that I mean we're going to get we'll on to the we'll 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 the NATO thing the we'll, NATO we'll get thing, into yeah. it we'll get into so alright that's pretty much we don't want to end up I mean Toby's criticised the, the length of the Tucker interview it was about the length of one episode of the Weekly Skeptic so <laughs> it's still not that long is it but um, I don't want to do too much on it I know it's a live show and we're all it's, it's quite it's quite hard because it's quite a boring topic originally and we're talking, now we're talking about it so I don't want to get too boring who thought that Tucker won no one okay who thought that Putin won okay two people so most people thought there was no winner. That's what I'm getting from that. There's no winner when, when, when Tucker talks. But yeah, they, they did seem a bit like that. Like, what was the point of it? Maybe there was no winner. Um, all right, maybe we'll move on to Biden then, because I, I feel like we've exhausted that. We don't want to be like Putin and just start boring everyone. So Biden, there's a lot of Biden news this week. The big thing is that this uh, special counsel, Robert Hur, described Biden as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, as I've mentioned already. And he said his memory was significantly limited and this was about when he, he couldn't even remember when he was vice president and things like this. And so this was, his point was no jury would convict this guy because he's just an, obviously just old and incompetent. And then at the same time, he's president of the United States. So that's slightly jarring to some people, you know. And so I'm not quite sure why this came out at this point. I've been trying to work it out. So this guy, her, was nominated by Trump in 2017 to be U.S. attorney for Maryland. And... Uh, and, and, and so people, he's, people seem to think he's like a serious guy. He's got a long and distinguished career and all this kind of thing. So was this released to help Biden? So the whole point was Biden can't be accused of keeping documents. He's obviously kept documents way more than Trump's kept documents in a way more dodgy way. But the idea is he's so incompetent, it's not illegal. So was this released to like humiliate Biden or was it just released... Was it just this guy's honest legal opinion or, or what? And no, I think, it was, I think it was released to humiliate Biden. He decided not to prosecute him, but he didn't want to let him off the hook entirely. So he gave us his reason for not prosecuting him. That um, uh, It's what called, what's called the senility defence. Nice. Um, which, is, which can be quite powerful. Um, <laughs> and he, when he described him, as you, you quoted earlier, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Yeah, I know you should read that off notes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've got a clipboard in your hand. That's all I'm saying. Um, but, but, <laughs> yeah, I've got a clipboard. But it, it, it was... This uh, has nothing on it. It was... It, it, it says, I mean, it was quite... It was it sort of... He twisted... You could fit... You could see the knife going in and then being twisted. You know, he, he saves um, with a poor memory uh, to the last bit. And then he then illustrates this by saying that um, he couldn't remember when his vice presidency began, because this relates to when he was vice president. Yeah. Couldn't remember when his vice presidency finished and couldn't remember the year his son... Bo died, um, which was that, and that, that 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 seemed to rile up Biden, who then gave this yeah. press conference in which he tried to rebut yes. the implication that he. And was just quickly, he also couldn't remember which country he was vice president of. That was the big one. I'm joking. That wasn't one. Of them. <laughs> that wasn't one. Sorry, go carry yeah. on. Um, uh, so it was it was it was pretty damning. And at this um, hastily convened press conference, where Biden wanted to reassure the American public that actually had all his marbles about him and there was nothing wrong with his memory, um, uh, misidentified Sisi, who is the um, Egyptian president, as the president of Mexico. So that was a yes. disastrous press yeah. conference. It just confirmed exactly what the special counsel had said about him. And what was really bad is he went back to the mic to do that. He'd actually got away with it. Then he's like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk back and end my career. <laughs> it was hilarious. He'd already left. He's like, oh, so let me say one more thing. Uh, Mexico, Egypt, like, what, what are you doing? But he, that press conference, he really lost it as well. He really got angry. And one thing yeah. is, one thing is actually reasonably funny. There's this guy, Peter Ducey, who's the only guy that ever asked a tough question, right? Because he's from Fox. And he actually said to me, like, oh, what's up with your memory, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I, I got a memory, my bad memory. My memory's so bad, I let you speak. Which was actually like, reasonably funny, I thought. That was kind of reasonably funny. <laughs> But then he just went off and, and sounded nuts. And, and he actually was, and the press, what was notable, sorry if you had more on the other thing, but what was notable is they, they actually turned on him in the press conference mm. and they just went for him and actually asked him reasonably tough questions. Mm. And there were all these stories in the lib media about like, is Biden losing it? And they weren't like the, the usual spin. Like, you know, normally when the independent reports it, it'll be like, is Biden losing his memory? No, definitely not. But like in these, they were just actually asking the questions mm. and it's like, oh, have they all turned on him? Mm. Have they now, as someone said, right, we're getting rid of this guy and they've just flicked the switch. It feels like the dam has broken. I mean, for years, the mainstream American media have been covering up the fact that um, Biden is losing his memory and may well be suffering from dementia. Not that well, but they've been trying well, to. Well, but it doesn't, get, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get widely reported in the kind of liberal yes, media like exactly. the New York Times, CNN. Um, and someone's compared this to um, people, the, the media who are sympathetic to FDR, 
in the 1940s, particularly during the Second World War, didn't mention the fact that he, he was in a wheelchair, that his paralysis was so bad he spent most of his time in a wheelchair. That was unreported on during the Second World War. Uh, JFK had crippling back pain and was dependent on painkilling drugs. That only came out after he'd been assassinated because the press were unwilling to report on that for fear of undermining JFK. And the, a similar sort of deferential complicity has characterised the reporting of Biden's disability uh, until now. But it feels like the dam has now broken. He's, kind of, he's, he's, he's declared open season on himself um, by this absurd press conference. It was described as Biden's, the worst day of Biden's presidency. And polls say that three quarters of the American public are now concerned about the mental fitness of the president and even half of Democrat voters are concerned about it. Hillary Clinton has come out and said it's a legitimate concern. So I don't think it can be covered up anymore. She said it's a legitimate concern, but he needs to use his experience which is kind of the nicest thing you could possibly say, I guess, isn't it? I mean, he's got a lot of experience. But yeah, I mean, Ted Cruz said they, it was like the press were ignoring their orders, but it seemed to me like they had new orders. I mean, I'm very obviously cynical about that. I just think they're all Democrats, but they were, they were actually really going for him. So, but the question is then, who are they going to replace him with? Because if they're going to get rid of him, it's just they must have someone. You know, is it, is it Gavin Newsom, who has a terrible record in California? My, my outside theory is uh, Nikki Haley, Nikki Even Haley. though she claims to be a Republican, <laughs> right? Just, just bring her in. They know she, oh, she does quite well. Let's bring her in. She's a Democrat anyway. Is it going to be a uh, big Mike? Um, <laughs> some people get that. That's um, that's what some terrible people on the internet call um, Michelle Obama. Um, obviously, definitely not a man. Let's be very clear. Totally a woman. Um, she's a. Uh, that's, imagine that's what Trump first thing he'd be like, she's a man, she's totally a man. Look at the dress, look at the... And we saw it, and look at it, yeah, that, imagine like every day, just like, we looked at the dress and many people are saying it's a penis. Um, <laughs> they call it Big, Big Mike, yeah, yeah. Big Mike, they call it, Big Mike. Anyway, that's it, he'll destroy it. But um, <laughs> would he play that card or don't we just be too unpopular? I don't know, anyway. Will it be Big Mike, Toby? I know you've said to me, you've said to me, you've texted me privately, yes, it's a man. Um, she's got a penis. I can't say that uh, publicly because of my donors, you said. What was the message? You said, uh, I've, got, I've, got the, I've got fiduciary responsibilities, but yeah, she's totes a man. Anyway, um, who, who are they, they going to... I can't believe this is the level I've had to bring it to, just to desperately get some laughs. Um, uh, go on, Toby, what, what's your take? Who are they replacing with? Well, I, I, and is Big Mike I think Kamala Harris has said she is, she's willing to serve. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, I think at, at this stage, it might be uh, difficult to... Um, I mean, he doesn't show any signs of wanting to stand down. Uh, Jill Biden... Um, who is the obvious person to make a kind of charitable intervention, shows no inclination to do that, maybe because she's basically running the country. Um, uh, so in all likelihood, um, I think if it's not him, it's going to be Kamala. And um, probably, uh, you know, I think I, think, I, think no. I just I can't, I can't see him withdrawing. I think it's possible that, that you know, if he does run, I don't think he'll win. But if he did, I think then he might step down after a year do or so. Do you think um, Hillary will have to take him out? Don't put that on the video. We, we can't release that. But because um, he's not going to step down. Like you said, it's a great question. Who is running the country? Because so Ted, Obama. huh? Obama. Obama. You think Obama with the puppet theory? Yeah, yeah. He did say once he would he'd be happy to just run it from the basement, didn't he? And he'd let someone else call the shots. He may have been joking, but yeah. So an interesting theory on that. So Ted Cruz today was or on his podcast was saying, um, you know, he suddenly realised Biden is running the country because of this kind of response and his angry response from the press, suggesting, like, we need to get rid of this guy. And, you know, the theory is, because think about it, if he's not really running things, they can just quietly get rid of him. But if he actually does have some power, they're like, oh, well, how do we get rid of this guy, right? It becomes an issue. So maybe he is actually has more power than we think. Uh, Kamala, no, because she, she polls well amongst, I think, black women, but basically no one else. And she's, she's too awful. So I don't think she has a chance. Biden likes her. I think, uh, I think they're in real trouble, and that's why he hasn't been yanked earlier, obviously, because they just don't have anyone. Uh, he keeps making things worse for himself as well. I mean, he keeps making these ludicrous gaffes, which just make him seem more and more ridiculous. He didn't just mistake the president of Mexico for the president of Egypt. On February 7th, I think he said that um, at a summit uh, that he attended last year, 
um, he asked Helmut Kohl um, how he would have responded to the January 6th Capitol riots. And Helmut Kohl died in 2017. And then three days later in Las Vegas, he said that um, uh, Mitterrand um, had, had challenged him about something and he and initially, the funny thing about that was he got that wrong. He described Mitterrand as the um, German. As, as the German yeah, chancellor, and then France, quickly France. corrected himself. And then France, France, as though he'd gotten out of that one. Just <laughs> dodged that bullet. You know, Mitterrand died in 1996. <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, but he was French when he was alive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was uh, French. That's a good question. Yeah. Did he stop being French? Um, so, uh, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, so he's he's making it so much worse for himself. And I get onto that in a minute. Whether Trump gave him a, a, an open goal this week, but with this NATO thing. But um, I heard a rumor today as well that he, he's been saying like, why didn't they just put Trump in jail sooner and start this whole process sooner? Because now he's having to deal with him. Because they just, but these people don't care about democracy or anything. I mean, and this is what I said when Biden got in. Who am I, just some layman? But I said, this is the, the end of America. This is not a real regime. But they don't care about anything. They like put our opponents in jail. Apparently he also said that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is not political enough. Is not being political enough for him. This is what I've heard anyway on the Grapevine, a podcast I listen to. Um, so, so, what do you think to that, Toby? I mean, like th that's what they're going for, isn't it? Just to put Trump in prison. That's their only hope. Yeah, but it looks like um, the Supreme Court um, will come to Trump's rescue and say these aren't legitimate charges. He can't stop someone running for the presidency. Uh, he can't be indicted on these charges. So it looks like um, because you know because Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, stayed beyond the time she should have retired, enabling Trump to replace her with a conservative justice. It looks like they're going to be, the libs are going to be hoisted on their own petard. Yeah, that's interesting because there's two ways, uh, Victor Davis Hanson said today, there's two ways Trump can lose. One is the indictments, but he thinks he's, he's doing, getting out of that in the way you've said. And two, just saying something crazy that alienates everyone and taking the focus off Biden, which is what he's done with this NATO yes, thing. Yes, yes, so, so he's perfectly capable of that. Yeah, I'll give you the NATO thing. So I don't know if anyone saw this, but um, he was boasting about how he'd been really tough on NATO and what he'd said in the past in one of his speeches. And, and he said, and someone asked him, sir, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? And Trump was like, no, I would not protect you. <laughs> in fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You gotta pay, you gotta pay your bills. He basically went full Joe Pesci, you gotta pay. Hey, who the fuck are you, you gotta pay. That's what he, his thing was, you gotta pay the bills. So he yeah. sounded so gangster, it was hilarious. But, but not like the best thing to say. No. I, mean, I mean, it was funny because he, he's trying to say he was so tough on NATO and it worked. But now he just made everyone think at a time when everyone's worried about Russia, they did just let Putin do what he wants, which they already claim he's mates for Putin. So it's a terrible thing to say when Biden's losing it for himself. Never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake, right? Yeah. Sun Tzu. I read Sun Tzu every morning after I meditate. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, but gone, Toby. I mean, what do you think of that? Did Trump just yeah, mess it up? Seemed, it seemed... It seemed um quite scary actually if um, you know if, if, if you're a resident of Europe and you're reliant on America's protection and the protection of NATO um, Trump is essentially saying that if we don't you know uh, if we don't if, we, if NATO countries don't pay their dues then America would not protect them I mean that NATO principle is not it's not supposed to be contingent on you know being up to date with paying your bills it's like you know if they attack one of us they're attacking us all. We come to that person's defence. It's like um, so. It, it seems slightly out of keeping with the general principle of um, yeah. collective security. I love that. Like, Russia starts like invading Finland or something like that, and and they, and uh, Trump. What are you going to do? He's like, check their card details. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have they, check uh, their credit rating. Yeah, yeah. So their payment gone through this one. That's <laughs> hilarious. But I mean, I think I think he was right to be tough with NATO. But yeah, the context to bring that up now was a bit of a mad thing. Even I'll say that, and I obviously think Trump's amazing. But even I will say that he, he occasionally can make a mistake. Did, did, what do you think to that NATO thing? Did he make a mistake there? This no. Oh no. Why? 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 What? What should he? Have? Why aren't they paying? They gotta pay. <laughs> gotta pay your bills. Those are the rules. Um, yeah, you're right. Why aren't they paying, Toby? They should be paying. Our audience is so pro-Trump. They don't even. They, yeah, I, I think. But he was he right to bring it up? I agree. They got paid the bills. The question is, was he right to bring it up now? when it's just an open goal for the media. Yeah, all right, yes, there you go. Yes, there you go, Toby. I knew, I knew our audience were more based than me, but yeah. than you, Did but now they're more based it, I think, than me. I think, I think, yes. They're scaring me I think, now. I think to be fair to... Um, Should Trump be a total dictator of the USA? <laughs> <laughs> yes. For one day, one day. What do you think? Yeah. Just um, if you're a farmer in Dudlick, Idaho, and 
and you're trying to work where your tax money is going to and guys, you know, like that's going to be addressed at some point. I'm sure it's not a great time to address it. Oh, yeah, where your tax money is going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it won't go down badly. It won't go down badly with the Trump base, that's for sure. Um, but And I don't think he did say it in the immediate aftermath of Biden kind of um, screwing up. Um, I think he said it at a rally some yeah, time yeah. ago and someone brought it up. Okay. Well, I was going with Victor Davis Hunter's argument to be very... I thought it was being very fair and balanced, but I like that our audience is like, no, no, it was great. <laughs> Fuck NATO. Um, <laughs> okay, interesting. I think we've covered pretty most of that Biden stuff, I reckon. Anything else about Biden anyone want to ask? I'm making it really interactive tonight. Just, I'm just trying. It's something I'm trying. Won't do it again. Um, but uh, you don't give people too much, you know, too much involvement. They get carried away. But um, all right. I think we've pretty much covered all my Biden-related points. I don't know what's going to... Oh, you didn't say that. Oh, yeah, you said Kamal Harris. Who do you think is going to be the uh, replacement? Newsom. Big Mike. Did someone say Trump? That doesn't make any sense. Trump against Trump. It's Trump against Trump. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, who? Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. She's basically running things. She's pulling the strings, isn't she? Taylor Swift, it's true. She's very influential. Um, all right. Hillary. Yeah, Hillary comeback seems impossible now, doesn't it? I haven't even heard that. I think Big Mike because... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because um, Roger Stone said it, and he's always right. So Roger Stone a while ago said, like, DeSantis has no chance. He says he's too introverted. He doesn't like people. I mean, I'm pulling it off. But he said uh, it doesn't work. He's too... He's too <laughs> He's not good with people. He's too awkward. He's going against Trump, who's like the most charismatic, famous guy of all time. He's just not got the chops. And Toby was back in DeSantis. I said, he's got no chance. I was right. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, was just copying, I was just copying Roger Stone because he knows these things because he's been involved in campaigns, you know, going back to Nixon. And he said ages ago, ages ago, they're going to replace Biden with Michelle. Just watch. And he, at the time he said it, you're like, no way. But as it gets close, you're like, ooh. But would she want to do it? There you go, yes, is the answer there. I love our crowd, they're like that meme of the cat just going, yes, anything you say. Should, should Trump be a dictator? Yes. Um, just very, co- just a decisive audience. All right. It'll okay. need to happen quite soon because as the primaries begin to happen, so he'll accumulate delegates and they're duty bound to support him if there's any challenge. So if it's going to happen, it'll have to happen pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Some people said, I heard that then. Someone said, did, did the electorate really care if it was like the day before? Would they care? You know, the, the people saying, oh, can you do it at the convention? Apparently it's like a bad thing to do it at the convention, but no one really cares. Okay. Senator Cruz said that uh, Big Mike would come in as a unity candidate. Right. The last minute, like in August, they'll bring in a unity candidate and it would be Michelle Obama. That's what, that's what uh, Cruz said. Okay. It seems quite plausible. And the others would then stand down and all the Democrats would align behind how, uh, by the way, firstly, I love our audience. Senator Cruz and Big Mike. That's like a, that's how that's how partisan our crowd is. Like Senator Cruz, the illustrious senator, PhD, uh, the right honourable Ted Cruz, great man, and then Big Mike with a penis showing through a dress would be a unity candidate. Um, how would how would how would how would Big Mike? This is so ridiculous. How would Big I've never said Big Mike this many times in my life. This is like my quota now forever. Uh, how, many t- how would Big Mike be a unity candidate? Well, I take it that the other candidates would be, uh, would, all want, would all want the role themselves, so that, that by it not going to them, but going to a, a third party. Ah, a kind of a compromise so everyone's Correct. unhappy. Yeah. Okay, but would she do it? I don't see why she, maybe it's like Trump. He had a perfect life and then he went and did, did it. Maybe she would do it just for power. But she's already got a Netflix deal. Can, can, could she be asked? I mean, she's got the Netflix deal. You know, the temptation about you know, taking on and possibly vanquishing Trump, claiming she saved America from a dictator, all of that must be quite tempting, I would have thought. But do you think she's worried about them exposing all the pictures of when she was a man? No, I, 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 contrary to your claims earlier, I don't actually think Michelle Obama is a man. And so I don't think she's particularly worried about being exposed um, as a man during the presidential campaign. A, I mean, it could be one explanation why she's not come forward. She... Uh, sooner because I don't want to hammer this even though it is hilarious but um, to be fair Toby I said look there's never been a picture of of Michelle Obama uh, pregnant and you tried to rebut me but you sent me a picture of a different black woman so like I mean that's true that didn't work at all for you so no one can find a picture I'm just saying just saying I'm just asking no one can find a picture of her pregnant or looking like a woman um, no, she looks like a woman. It feels. Like it, feel, it feels. Like, I, mean, I think. Woman. I think the reason. The reason I think Trump probably won't go there is because 
I'm not sure it played very well for him when he claimed that Obama, uh, the, 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 birth the, the birth certificate thing, you know, the, 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 that made him look slightly ridiculous. And this would, I think, make him look even more ridiculous. Though he did keep saying it a lot of times. So I think, you're, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. All right. Well, that could be amazing. Trump versus Big Mike. All right. All right. That's, I didn't think it was going to go there, but I went there. I will, I will go there. Um, that's what they say. So, uh, all right, should we move on and do a bit of domestic stuff then with our friend uh, Rishi? Old Richard Sunak. I like to. I think it was Richard Sunak. Sometimes I don't know why. Doctor Richard Sunak. I don't know why. I just like that's how I see him. And, uh, Biden called him Rashid Sunuk, didn't he? Famously, <laughs> but that's obvious. And um, but at least he's a man, though very small. But we don't know. I don't have a go at height because I'm not that tall, taller than Toby. But I'm not that tall. But <laughs> but and people think I'm smaller than I am on the internet, which really annoys me because I'm very normal height. But then people, some people, I stood next to Leo once, so it's a big mistake. He's like seven foot six. And the point is. Richie, though, he is so small that he's like, I don't mean too harsh. That wasn't, didn't mean to talk about that. But he's just, he is a man, though. That's the main thing. And uh, anyway, he had this exchange with Starmer. <laughs> I, don't know what else, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm hallucinating. So he had that exchange with Starmer in the uh, House of Commons where he was doing a standard attack on Starmer. He's saying, like, he's done all these U-turns. And he uh, goes, in fairness, he talked, he, he talked about his position on a woman. He said, he's U-turn on that. In fairness, that was only 99% of a U-turn which was a reference to Starmer saying 99% of women are women or whatever the hell he said. And, um, and then Starmer starts going, how, how dare you, how dare you? Because, he, because Brianna Jai's mother was in the chamber or some people say on the way to the chamber and he said, shame, shame, how the, like he said, parading as a man of integrity when he's got absolutely no responsibility. So to me now, that was so, and everyone said, oh, it was terrible that Richie brought this up because oh, it was terrible. But to me, it was just, Starmer was the one bringing it up. I mean, yeah. he's the one making hay out of it, going, shave, how terrible. And like, it's like, you're, you're doing the exact same thing. Well, At least the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm angry. I mean, there was some, you would have thought that it was um, a mistake on Starmer's part to say that. And that was my initial reaction. You know, um, that, that, that's below the belt. You're not even supposed to refer to people in the gallery of the House of Commons. And trying to claim Brianna Jai as... Um, a victim of transphobia um, is extremely difficult. Even the lead detective who investigated her murder said that the two teenagers that conspired to murder her had four other teenagers on the list, none of whom were trans. Um, and it doesn't seem, even contrary to what the judge said, the lead detective anyway said, he didn't think it is a hate crime. It was motivated by transphobia. Um, but of course, that hasn't stopped the kind of woke uh, gender lobby from claiming her as a kind of victim uh, to advance their particular agenda, which is what um, Keir Starmer seemed to be doing then. But it has played better for Keir Starmer than I thought it would. You know, um, the you know the entire woke church has kind of uh, rolled in behind him. Um, people have uh, even even seemingly quite neutral people have said that they thought it was a gaffe on Rishi's part. I mean, Starmer didn't have a good week last week. I mean, he abandoned the 28 billion a year investing in green gobbledygook policy. Um, uh, and um, uh, he, he unveiled his Race Equality Act, um, which on the face of it looked to be pretty feeble, saying he wants to make it illegal for employers to discriminate against black people in the workplace, as though it's currently legal <laughs> for employers to play black employees less because they're black. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. So he wasn't having a great week, but somehow because he was able to kind of portray Rishi as committing a gaffe, um, his week improved and Rishi had an even worse week than him. Um, and what Starmer seems to be quite politically skilled at is kind of playing these kind of cult playing these culture war cards whilst at the same time making Rishi look kind of cheap and kind of um, a bit deranged for kind of leaning into the culture war. And it's like, no, you're leaning into the culture war by, by citing Brianna Jai's mm -hmm. um, trans identity as a reason to try and shame Rishi because he rightly called you out for, for, for being confused and inconsistent on this particular issue. Uh, but somehow he managed to portray Rishi as being the kind of cheap jibe-making culture warrior and claim the kind of uh, non-culture warrior high ground for himself, which he's done before. I mean, even though he is obviously kind of leaning into the culture war 
more, if as much as, if not more, than Rishi. But anyway, he seems yeah. to have pulled off that sleight of hand now a few times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he said he was, he was said uh, Tories culture wars of their own making and all that stuff. I know he is quite good at doing that. And she, uh, Esther Jai was invited by Charlotte Nichols, who's the one that said people should be able to change their gender when they're dead. And um, not to speak ill of the dead, by the way, but on that point, by the way, some people will be shouting at you because you, you even call Brianna Jaya her, and you look, people like, like they shout at Andrew Doyle now about anything, but that's controversial. But also, as you said, it, it doesn't seem to be related to the trans thing. There was, a, there was a girl put in this inclusion class or unit with her, or him, whatever, mm. and th that girl had poisoned someone in a previous school. So it's far more about safeguarding wasn't it it was like why are you yeah. getting someone in who's poisoned someone yeah. and then she, and she got obsessed and then horrific but um as, as to the actual incident in the comments yeah well richie had something to say about it later he said um he said i've nothing but heartfelt sympathy for the entire family and friends but to use that tragedy to detract from the very separate and clear point i was making about keir starmer's proven track record of multiple u-turns on major policies because he doesn't have a plan i think it's both sad and wrong and demonstrates the worst of politics I actually agree with that, but that's not how it's gone down in public, has no. it? For some reason, Rishi's not that good at politics, is he? It's a bit of a problem, isn't it, when you're no, prime minister? Like I mean, everyone says he's a hard worker and, you know, very smart, but he's just not like, great at politics, doesn't have a story. As Dominic Cummings has pointed out, he could have been good, but he's sort of, I don't know, he's lost it. We've talked about this a lot, obviously, but um, I don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to be next leader? Of the, let's just ask some people while we're here. Who do you think is going to be next leader? Of the Conservative yes. Party? Um, well, as you know, I have a bet on oh, yeah. Kemi Badenoch becoming the next leader. It got very good odds because I think the bookmakers were thinking of it as it was next prime minister, not next leader, actually, and got, I think, from Bet Fred, something like 32 to 1. Um, and the reason I think the odds were so generous is because they had conceived of it as, well, what are the chances of, um, of, of um, Rishi winning the next general election and then stepping down and being replaced by Kemi Badenoch. Whereas the way I think about it is, well, what if Rishi is deposed before the election and being replaced by Kemi? Then she will, at least for a short period, be the prime minister. So I think it's quite a good bet. Decent bet. Who thinks uh, Kemi? Yeah. 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 OK, who thinks it'll be Penny Morden? Yeah. I'm just saying what you think, not what you want. I mean, she's <laughs> polled very well. She's, she's good with a sword. I mean, the way she held that sword for ages while looking attractive, it was incredible. Um, was that, is that really misogynist? That's basically what she did. Um, she held the sword very well. Um, totally woke. So who thinks it'll be Farage? It's an outside bet. No one knows how it can happen. Yeah. I say it'll be Lord Frost only because he's a fan of our show. Pure brown nosing. But who do you think? Who else is there? Um, there's um, maybe Jeremy oh, Hunt. Suella's got no... S Suella. No, no one even talks about Suella in that. Uh, Tom Tugendhat might throw his hat Tom Tugendhat. Come on, um. Toby. <laughs> That's ludicrous. Ludicrous. Um, okay, well, they're all... So, uh, who thinks the Tories are finished? Yes. Yeah. What's going to happen? Just, like, reform take over? Yes. Okay, reform. What, what was that? Labour will win. Labour will win? We, we all know Labour will win, mate. That's, like, <laughs> root one analysis. Putin is bad. That's, like, come on. We all know Labour are going to win. The question is, what happens to the Tories? We're, we're assuming that. You, you don't know how black-pilled our audience are. They basically think the whole country's over. Trust me. I did a post about that recently. got 10,000 likes. Everyone thinks we're finished. This is like we're in a bunker. We're underground in a bunker trying to salvage the country with a kind of breakaway... A friend of mine calls it the Neo-Byzantium. We're trying to form... Only us are left. Let's not get into, like, how that would work, like, with the breeding or something. There's only us left. There's, we're in this bunker, Britain's like flames, it's just like Keir Starmer's just mostly peaceful fire everywhere and like Starmer just destroying everything and then it's like, right, we're in a basement trying to think how can we get out of this? And the question is, what's going to happen? Are the Tories destroyed completely and reform come through or is it a new Tories held by some of our fans here? What do you, what do you think? New Tories. Well, new Tories. I think that uh, we're talking, I, I actually stand for Okay, so you're a bit biased. <laughs> this guy's chairman of reform. Okay, he's just going to give his unbiased opinion. We are talking to an awful lot of people from the Conservative Party. Sorry, Tory Party. I shouldn't call them that. So, from the Tory Party. Uh, they may come across one at a time. Uh, my concern is they're probably actually going to come across in a big group. And then they will actually have leverage. And then they can start talking. Who comes across the Tories come across to reform in a big group yeah. with yeah. Suella and all these so, people? No, the, the ERG, the Spartans. Oh, you know, the, oh, the Spartans. There's only a few Conservatives left in the Tory party. 
Yes, well, we all agree with that. <laughs> That's just a fact. Okay, and you're running for reform. I'm not sure if you want to out yourself as who you are, but you can if you want and get a plug. I'm standing in Bromley and Biggin Hill. Bromley and Biggin Hill. We got your one fan there. Uh, uh, that's a start. That's Reform's only got about 12 people, so that's, that's a good start. No, no, you're doing very well. You're polling very well, Reform. And what's your view on, um, on Big Mike? I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I love if Richard Tice came up. Look, net zero is absolute nonsense, and Michelle Obama is a man. Okay, like, like, those are our policies. Um, you don't do have you think, to have do you know, And I can imagine, you know, Guardian <laughs> headline, reform parliamentary candidate accuses Michelle Obama. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. traffics in Michelle Obama is a man conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Would was Richard Tice stand by you, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be that in a bit. Was it a show with far-right comedian? And Toby Young, cancelled from five public positions. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> Del, it's a, go on. Thursday, by-election, Wellingborough and Kingsford, but Wellingborough with Ben Habib. I'm, I'm really, really, really you know, interested in what that's going to be. Like. Okay. That hopefully is a bit of a, you know, uh, a, a litmus paper for what's going to happen in the next year. All right. Yeah. Which, 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 which reminds me that one other thing we were going to talk about is that even though Starmer did seem to win that skirmish with Rishi Sunak at PMQs and recover slightly from what should have been a very bad week for the Labour leader, um, he hasn't had a great time since because this issue has blown up over the weekend of the prospective Labour parliamentary candidates in Rochdale, where there's another by-election coming up, um, uh, claiming that Israel um, permitted Hamas's attack on October 7th. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he's, 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 he's... And just because it's true... He's now walked it back. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Labour's defence is that um, uh, if they were to withdraw their support from their candidate in Rochdale, that would help George Galloway, who's also standing as a candidate in that particular by-election, and um, he'd be even worse than this guy. Um, so the best they can do is um, uh, uh, continue to support their candidate and hope Labour wins and that it all blows over. Yes, and just weak. for the record, in, in case uh, Galloway sues, those are the views of Toby Young, not the <laughs> Weekly Skeptic podcast. Um, that's my position. Um, yeah, so exactly, you've got the Rochdale by-election on the February 29th, and this guy, Azar Ali, in, in his private... Was it a private meeting? Was it just a, some sort of... Uh, what was it in? It was, it was just after October 7th. And he said, that there, he said that Israel deliberately took the security off. They allowed the massacre because they believed it would give them the green light to do whatever they bloody want. And then he's now apologised for that and said, I apologise unreservedly to the Jewish community for my comments, which were deeply offensive, ignorant and false. I mean, it's like the least sincere apology of all time. You don't really go from October, it was the Jews, to like February, I, I was deeply wrong. And like, you know, that's like, you don't, you think, you totally think they did it on purpose, right? You, you're not going to change your mind on that. It's no. like these 9-11 truthers. They don't change their mind three months later. No. I mean, and 9-11 was dodgy, by the way. But, but um, that's not the same as October. <laughs> way more dodgy than October 7th. So that was Azir Ali. Did everyone see that? Does anyone think, I mean, what, what, what are they, they going to keep this guy and make him, and he's going to still stand in the election? Yeah. Uh, unless anyone's heard different. That was last I checked. They've stopped. Have they? What was th Last okay. 20 minutes. Last 20 that. minutes. Breaking news. Live show. Amazing. So it is going to be George Galloway. Whoopee. <laughs> a great man. Nice hats. Um, as we've always said here. Um, um, so, yeah, he's, very, he's big on the, with the Muslims. He's, he's a fan of the Muslims, isn't he, George Galloway? He's just got his base. Well, I'm not a huge fan of George Galloway's I'm because... I'm glad you said um, that. going to say something else then. Go on. <laughs> when, I, when I was cancelled in 2018, um, George yeah. Galloway said... Uh, that um, uh, si si he had liked my book, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, but since, since discovering all these unspeakable things I'd said on Twitter over the years, um, he realised that my mind was like a sewer. Like, uh, so, um, so you yeah. read your whole not, book not, and didn't realise what I, you were like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not a huge fan. Wow, there are a lot of people threw you under the bus there, didn't they? So, so hang on, can we just get clear? If, if they've withdrawn their support for this guy, Ali, in Rochdale, so who, what are they going to do then? Who do they put in? Does anyone know? They can't do anything. Oh, so just be a dead man, like a zombie candidate, a dead man walking, reforms out of the room. They've had enough. They're like, I can capitalise on this no, if I'm quick. <laughs> see if he can still get his nomination papers in for Rochdale. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Bexley Heath. Yeah. Wow. This is good. I like this new interactive forum. I've just done it because I'm desperate and panicking, but I like the way it's worked out. Um, 
panicking for material. All right, we've got we've done about fifteen minutes. Let's let's get into the armies. Does anyone see about this other story? DEI in the army. Yeah, everyone groaning. Yeah, fucking this country. All right, well, <laughs> Toby's bigger on this than me, but I, I've got a few things. It was this, this, there was this race action plan, the British Army race action plan, which wanted to boost representation and describe, thank you, describe security clearance vetting as being the primary barrier to non-UK personnel gaining a commission in the army and vows to challenge security clearance requirements, which sounds bad to the layman. And um, Grant Shapps was said to be furious about this, and uh, he's a very principled sort of guy, and he, he was like... He was said, this is woke nonsense, and he was no chance I'll be lowering the security clearance requirements on my watch, and no one should be offended, he also added, by having religion as part of their remembrance services, which was a whole different topic. Toby's going to explain it all. Toby, the army nonsense. Yeah, no, it's extraordinary how um, captured the armed forces have become by um, the woke church. Um, uh, and um, this was um, Steve Ed- Stephen Edgington at The Telegraph has run a series of great stories exposing the extent of the capture um, and um, it's come at a particularly, these expo- this expose has come at a particularly embarrassing time because um, we're being menaced by Russia and um, we can't seem to get our aircraft carrier uh, to the Red Sea and play our part in defending the shipping lanes. It's all incredibly embarrassing and to add to the embarrassment, these 12 former senior military officers, known, referred to in the press as um, flag carriers, but I don't think they meant rainbow flags. But um, they, they've, uh, they, they, they've published this um, uh, extraordinary letter. Um, and in particular, they singled out the fact that as part of the British Army's race action plan, they're going to relax um, the security clearances required by non-British nationals who apply for jobs as officers in the British Army, including in the intelligence corps. So they want to reduce the security clearances that they currently have in place for non-Brits to access sensitive intelligence um, about the state of our readiness and the state of our armed forces. Absolutely extraordinary. And they said in this letter, nothing Well, they said the Russians, Iranians and Chinese will be observing our descent into self-hatred and obsessing over diversity and inclusion with glee. Nothing could be better calculated to destroy the esprit de corps of our armed forces than this poisonous farrago of nonsense or to deter them from serving the or, or to deter from serving the crown precisely the type of people most motivated and apt to our high calling. Ours is a tolerant country, and this obsessive racialising of everything is both disgusting and reprehensible. So uh, hard to disagree with a word of that. Um, And it it seems like, you know, it's one thing for this kind of self-flagellating, Britain-hating cult to take over our universities, our museums, the arts sector, even the civil service. But for it to take over the armed forces does seem like a real security threat. Yes. How are we going to stand up to all these menacing bad actors um, uh, if we don't have um, uh, a, an army um, willing to die for king and country and to defend the realm? That sounded like a speech. I was like, instinctively clap. Um, and, um, and Toby, by the way, is running in Rochdale uh, as the candidate um, for... Toby party but yeah and, and that thing about alienating the most motivated I've said it before but they, they you probably saw they released that guidance didn't they it came out in, in 2019 it was from 2017 the army they give this guidance to top army people of, of extreme right-wing indicators and one of them was people who describe themselves as patriots so it's like if you if you're going to alienate patriots from the army we're completely lost so it's absolutely insane I want to ask since we've got a live crowd here would you guys if age was no factor would you, for some people, would you, um, <laughs> I'd be too old, but would you, uh, would you sign up for the army if you were conscripted or, no, no, no. not now, exactly. I wrote a whole substack about this. It's, it's, it's like you've alienated, I mean, loads of people have said this. I mean, Tim Stanley said it in The Spectator. Why would we sign up for this neoliberal globalist project that hates us, that tells us we have no home and we're a citizen of Europe, right? And we're basically scum. Then you've got the lefties who hate the country anyway and they, they want to decolonize everything. They're not going to sign up. So you're, you're not going to get the patriots or the lefties. So all you've got left is the Remainer blob people and they don't, they're not going to fight, are they? They're like too busy telling us about light bulbs and like 
they're not going to, it's not the kind of people that are going to fight. As I said in my piece, wars are won by working class people with a strong moral compass and lack of opportunity, getting together with posh people who have an old fashioned sense of duty, a thin mustache, and a weird desire to kill foreigners. Like, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> the backbone of the empire. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what Churchill was, except the moustache. So that's like, he was in like five wars, Churchill. It's, ma- it's mental. He was in like, he was in like five wars. There was one war, there was in the Bo- Boer War. That was, then he was in the First World War briefly. He, was, he even showed up in the Second World War just to fire a, a cannon. He absolutely loved it. He was, in, he was in literally five wars. So he loved war. But we don't have that anymore. We have no sense of duty. You've alienated the people who would serve. And now you're doing all this woke stuff in the army. And meanwhile, Putin just laughing at us in a 30-minute lecture to Tucker Carlson. So yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. Um, Okay, that's the army story. Maybe I'll take a quick costume change now, Toby, and you can do our first ad. I can do our ad, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go and I'll be back. We've got an ad. Was it Thor? Thor, is yes. Is he here tonight? He's not here tonight, unfortunately. What a, what a he couldn't slacker. be here. Oh, well. Um, but um, he, he, he is our most, right, the I'm most loyal sponsor of this show. So I'm going to read out um, an ad from Thor. This is a personal note from Thor Holt. Sorry I couldn't be here tonight. I'm currently swimming to Shetland not avoiding conscription, but because cold water wild swimmers are the new vegans. We have to tell you, we wild swim in Scotland in cold water. Seriously, I wanted to say well done Nick and Toby for what you've built with The Weekly Skeptic, and I also recognise the extra effort the live show represents. Thank you, Thor. While nothing beats face-to-face public speaking for engagement, there's no edit button to spare blushes. Hence, public speaking remains a confidence-sapping fear for many who might boost their career or business this way. Uh, So if you'd like to conquer your fear of public speaking um, uh, for your career or in your business, message Thor on 07906 321593, that's 07906 321593, or you can connect with Thor on linkedin.com slash in slash Thorholt, all one word. And as Dan, a client of Thor's said, Thor helped me fight through one of my biggest fears, public speaking. Turned my phobia into confidence. My speech went amazingly. People laughed at my jokes. They asked loads of questions. I was even invited to speak at another event. Thank you, Thor. You're a superstar. So you can WhatsApp Thor on 07906321593 or connect with him on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Thorholt. And he promises not to mention cold water swimming. So let's have a quick round of applause for our great and loyal sponsor, Thor Holt. Message him. He's a great coach. So... I think we now have, um, uh, we, I think Nick is, uh, is about to return. No, I think they actually, no, just some latecomers. Um, uh, so rushing to put their papers in, in Rochdale. Um, so yeah, we've been slightly wrong-footed by the news that uh, Keir Starmer's finally done the right thing. Um, but um, it kind of testifies to his um, lack of political fleet-footedness that it's taken him this long to finally decide that Labour should in fact withdraw its support from this candidate who is trafficking in what I think is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Um, so uh, here he's back, he's back. Our, back. Hero, our, our, yeah, our, yeah, yeah. our host is back. I forgot I was doing a show for a minute. I, started, <laughs> I was chatting to people about uh, a big mic. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that. Um, so, okay, so you've done the advert and uh, anyone can advertise. Did you say that anyone can advertise? Did you do a plug for that? I just Yeah, anyone can advertise on um, The Weekly Skeptic. Um, and to we do can- that, you just have to email weeklyskeptic at gmail.com our rates are very competitive and um and we yeah, had like 20,000 people a week and we've had like 20, one point something million downloads we, 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 yeah we've had over a million downloads sometimes more than 25,000 people <laughs> upload each individual episode all right so we're just after eight does anyone care about i'm just wondering whether to do the pond or whether to do peak work i don't know how people are feeling we've got a quick maybe we'll do this one quickly so we'll do our occasional section which is across the pond so there was an interesting story where selma blair was cancelled did anyone see this Okay, so Selma Blair's like an actor, but if you, let's see if anyone cares about this. She's an actor in some very good films back in the day. But she was responding to an Instagram post from this guy, Abraham Hammer, and she put out this comment. Thank you very much. Deport all these terrorist-supporting goons. Islam has destroyed Muslim countries, and then they come here and destroy minds. They know they are liars. Twisted justifications. May they meet their fate. Weirdly, that didn't go that well in Hollywood. Like, that's... <laughs> 
that's like so like she's really gone for it that's that's incredible that's like some of toby's tweets before he got cancelled that is extreme um and so she's done anti-woke posts before and stuff but she went in hard with that one and uh she she sort of has jewish background she's converted to judaism so she feels very strongly about it and she got cancelled for that what i'm thinking now is there's so many people cancelled we've got um kevin spacey we've got gina carano we'll get onto in a set johnny depp is kind of cancelled isn't he vincent gallo's always been on that side he's a brilliant actor you've got people like um who dennis quaid appeared on tucker carlson i think now we can make quite a nice alternative hollywood that's actually way better than the shit hollywood don't you think of just like based people clint eastwood well i mean i've always said this that the, the ranks of the cancelled are becoming much more glamorous and attractive than the uncancelled i mean one of the it's, a, it's an inevitable consequence which i don't think the cancellation mobs really thought through which is if you cancel so many people you know if you're constantly cancelling people at some point it loses some of its sting um and um it's just like you know you could adapt andy warhol's famous phrase and say in the future everyone will be cancelled for 15 minutes but they've cancelled now so i mean shakespeare um darwin um uh you know um uh, faraday i mean it's extraordinary how many people um, uh, are being cancelled. How many geniuses? Um, I think uh, it's, almost now, it's almost almost a source of shame uh, not to have been cancelled now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's better to be cancelled. Then you just, then you just all right from then. You know, once you're cancelled, you just you go on GB News. It's all fine, and you you do the podcast like this, and that's it. It's much more relaxing. You just get to tell the truth to an extent. You know, you can't just go around talking about Big Mike all day. You've got to be careful. <laughs> You've got to rein it in. But, um, all right, no one really cares about that story. I mean, it is quite interesting just seeing all these actors getting cancelled and see what, see what happens with that. That brings us to the end of the free version of the Weekly Skeptic Live. If you want to listen or watch the remainder of the show, and believe me, it gets pretty lively, um, you have to go to basedmedia.org and become a premium subscriber. But the good news is you can become a premium subscriber for as little as £5 a month. And not only does that give you access to the premium extended version of The Weekly Skeptic, you'll also be able to listen to or watch the premium versions of other podcasts we're going to put on the platform in due course. Uh, one, one final thing, many of you who've already subscribed um, have asked whether it will be possible to download the extended version of the podcast on your preferred podcasting app. And the answer is yes. We're about to introduce that functionality. It may even be up and running by the time you listen to this. Um, uh, but yeah, if you become a premium subscriber, you will be able to download the extended version of the podcast and listen to that in your car, on the way to work. You don't have to do it on the basemedia.org platform. But thank you if you've already subscribed. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Go watch the rest of The Weekly Skeptic Live for as little as £5 a month.